gap beneath the boulder is big enough for her to slide in her hand. Alice leans her shoulder against the rock for support. Then, with a flutter of excitement, she pushes her fingers deep into the dark, blind earth. Straight away, she knows she's got something worth finding, smooth and slimy, metal, not stone. She eases the object into the light. She barely notices the rich smell of wet soil. She is lost in the past, captivated by the piece of history she cradles in the palms of her hands. It is a heavy, round buckle, speckled black and green with age and from its long burial. Alice rubs at it with her fingers and smiles as silver and copper detail starts to reveal itself underneath the dirt. It looks medieval, the sort of buckle used to fasten a cloak or robe. She can't resist imagining its owner, who might have walked these paths, a stranger whose story she has yet to learn. Alice is so absorbed she doesn't notice the boulder shifting. Then some sixth sense makes her look up. For a split second she is mesmerized by the ancient slab of stone as it sways, then gracefully falls towards her. Alice throws herself sideways, tumbling, slithering, just in time to avoid being crushed. The boulder hits the ground with a thud, then rolls over and over, coming to rest further down the mountain. For a moment, Alice lies sprawled and disorientated. As it sinks in how close she came to being crushed, she turns cold. Her knees are grazed and streaked with blood, and she's knocked her wrist where she landed awkwardly, still clutching the buckle in her hand. She gets up and dusts herself down, feeling idiotic. She should have secured the boulder. She looks down to the campsite below. She is about to call out when she notices a narrow opening in the mountain, a doorway cut into rock. It's said these mountains are riddled with hidden passages and caves, so she's not surprised. It is stupid, possibly dangerous to go in without backup, but something is drawing her in. If there is anything worth investigating, she'll tell someone then. She just wants to look. Alice peers into darkness. The opening is no more than five feet high, When her eyes become accustomed to the gloom, she sees a long, narrow tunnel. She feels the hairs rise on the back of her neck, as if to warn her that there is something lurking in the darkness, but brushes the feeling away. Squeezing the buckle like a talisman, she steps forward into the passageway. She finds her lighter, flicks it open, and holds it up to the dark, double-checking that there is oxygen. The flame gutters but does not go out. Feeling nervous and slightly guilty, Alice wraps the buckle in a handkerchief and pushes it into her pocket, then steps forward. She feels the chill air curl around her bare legs like a cat. She is walking downhill. Abruptly, she does not want to go on, yet there is something inevitable drawing her deeper into the belly of the mountain. After ten metres, Alice finds herself at the threshold of an enclosed chamber. She is standing on a natural stone platform. A couple of shallow, wide steps in front of her lead to the main area where the ground is flat. The roof is vaulted like the ceiling of a crypt. Alice stares, 
holding the flickering flame, bothered by a curious prickling familiarity she cannot account for. She is about to descend the steps when she notices letters inscribed in the stone at the top. She bends down to read, rubbing the dirt with her fingers. P-A-S-A-P-A-S. Pa-a-pa. Step by step, a faint memory ripples across the surface of her mind like a song long forgotten. Then it is gone. A prayer? A warning? Nervous now, she descends the steps one by one. Curiosity fights with premonition, and she feels goosebumps on her slim, bare arms. Alice holds the flame high. She can just make out the back wall of the chamber. It looks as if there is a circular pattern of lines and semicircles painted or carved into the rock. On the floor in front, a stone table, like an altar. Fixing her eyes on the symbol to keep her bearings, Alice edges forward. The pattern looks like some sort of labyrinth, although memory tells her there is something not quite right about it. It's not a true labyrinth. The lines do not lead to the centre as they should. She moves closer. Her foot knocks something hard on the ground. There is a faint, hollow sound of something rolling. Alice looks down. Shock steals her breath. She is standing at the edge of a shallow grave. In it, there are two human skeletons, the bones picked clean. The blind sockets of one skull stare up at her. The other skull, kicked out of place by her foot, is lying on its side as if turning its gaze away from her. The bodies have been laid out side by side to face the altar, like tomb carvings. They are perfectly in line, but there is nothing restful about the grave. No sense of peace. The cheekbones of one skull are crushed inwards like a mask of papier-mâché. Several ribs of the other skeleton are snapped and jut out awkwardly, like the brittle branches of a dead tree. Alice crouches, taking care not to disturb anything else. There is a dagger lying between the bodies, the blade dulled with age, and a few cloth fragments. Next to it, a drawstring leather bag, big enough to hold a small box or book. Alice frowns. She's sure she's seen something like it before. The round white object wedged between the claw-like fingers of the smaller skeleton is so small that she nearly misses it. Quickly, she takes her tweezers out of her pocket. She eases it out, then holds it up to the flame, softly blowing dust away. It's a stone ring, plain and unremarkable, with a round, smooth face. It, too, is oddly familiar. Alice looks more closely. There's a pattern scratched on the inside. At first, she thinks it's a seal of some kind. Then... With a jolt, she realises. She raises her eyes to the markings on the back wall of the chamber, then back to the ring. The patterns are identical. Alice is not religious, but for the first time in her life, she is overwhelmed by a sense of being in the presence of something supernatural, something bigger than her comprehension. She can feel malevolence crawling over her skin, her scalp, the soles of her feet. Her courage falters. 
The cave is cold. Fear catches her throat, and she scrambles to her feet. Now she's desperate to get out, away from the violence and smell of death, back to the safe, bright sunlight. But she's too late. Above her or behind her, she cannot tell where, there are footsteps. The sound ricochets off stone. Someone is coming. Alice spins around, dropping the lighter. The cave plunges into darkness. She tries to run, but she stumbles. She falls. The ring is sent flying back into the pile of bones, where it belongs. A few miles to the east, as the crow flies, in Los Ceres, a lost village in the Sabaded Mountains, a tall, thin man in a pale suit sits alone at a table. It is dark, except for a pool of yellow light cast by a small oil lamp. Next to it is a glass tumbler filled almost to the brim with a red liquid. There are several sheets of heavy cream paper strewn across the table, covered with neat handwriting in black ink. He pauses, reflects, then writes again. What we leave behind in life is the memory of who we were and what we did. An imprint, no more. I have learned much. I have become wise. But have I made a difference? I cannot tell. If I had known how it would feel to live with such loneliness, to stand the sole witness to the endless cycle of birth and life and death, what would I have done? Alais, I am burdened by my solitude stretched too thin to bear. I have survived this long life with emptiness in my heart. I have striven to keep my promises to you. The one is fulfilled, the other left undone. For some time now I have felt you close.